Hello everyone, Wardez here, taking you into a new episode of the Grand Turbis Bros podcast. It's a uh, pretty interesting time. This Grand Turismo 7 was finally shown off for the first time. Kaz introduced it as it, sh- as it always should be, really. And uh, we're really happy to see that. I'm sure you're all hyped. Uh, can't wait to do a big episode discussing all those possibilities that we can draw from that trailer. Um, but for today, it's an episode dedicated to club racing, uh, more specifically the International Gran Turismo League and their big event for this year, the World Series that is going to be one of the most competitive things uh, outside of the FIA that you can check out. So do check it out. Um, Check them out on Twitter at IGT League and um, find all the information there. It's going to be quite an exciting thing. So I'm happy to come back to you again with a new episode. And... Uh, if you haven't noticed already, uh, do check us out on our uh, GT Planet home thread. You can find that link by going to b- bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash G-T-B-H-Q. G-T-B is in boy H-Q. And once you get there, you'll be able to see all our new graphics. Uh, our YouTube channel also, Grand Bros on YouTube, has all new graphics. Uh, done by an amazing graphic artist from Mexico named Pixteca. Really, really cool stuff. We're excited to bring you the new face of the Grand Trace Bros podcast to give you a new shiny kind of, uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's cool. It feels great. New sheen, shininess. Ah, smells good. But yes, again, thanks again. Long intro for you here. <laughs> I try to keep it short, but I really appreciate you listening, and let's uh, keep it going. We have another one that I've currently working on getting out here soon as well so plenty of insight and uh uh, i don't want to say jovialness does anyone ever use that word truly in a casual conversation no so i refuse to use it here but uh again i'm ending this intro i really appreciate you and we will talk again soon have a good one Hello, everyone. Today, I have two special guests with me, Lewis Bentley and GT Alex, both organizers and part of the core of the International Gran Turismo League. They've put together a new tournament this year called the IGTL World Series Open Invitation for anyone with an A-plus driver rating. But I missed my chance because I wasn't able to take part in any of the six uh, qualifying (laughs) events. I just wanted to be a part of one at least, but I literally kept running into issues um, with that weekend. But it was really fun to track, um, and we saw some really good racing in those six essentially qualifying races. Um, And it was extremely competitive, and uh, yeah, two very dedicated guys to the community of GT, and uh, it's uh, good to have you two here. Yeah, Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. So, Lewis, why don't you go ahead and give us a a little... uh, I don't know. Why didn't you say your name? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm Lewis Bentley, uh, LZR Lewis. Uh, been around for a while since the start of GT Sport. A few world tours, and yeah, I've run a lot of community events. Awesome. And Alex? Yeah. Uh, so, same. I've been in the GT scene since uh, since a lot of time, since, uh, since GT5 for the online stuff. And yeah. Um, nice. Then met Jomas online and joined the the IGTL, which then grew to um, what it is today. Yeah, a great a big community, which I'm sure you guys are proud of. Um, that's one thing that may people don't necessarily think about um, when they on the from the outset of creating a championship. But um, because first you're you're thinking, I just want to have some cool racing. You know, a few buddies join, and then they evolve into these massive entities of of community that that you're just surprised with. I'm sure. I mean, it's it turns into something that you can never have envisioned, right? Yeah, I mean, IGTN, yeah, pretty much started like that, actually. Yeah, it was, um, 
Uh, it started uh, with the GT3 championship uh, with two groups uh, organized by Jomas. I jumped into that and then uh, he asked me uh, if I could give him give him a hand. And uh, yeah, yeah. Then waters happened, so um, he brought uh, more and more uh, top drivers in that, and uh, then it naturally evolved into the. Um, endurance races we did and uh, from that we decided uh, we wanted to um, to expand it to something uh, more professional and uh, happened that Lewis actually had a similar idea as well and he uh, was already pretty advanced in, in his concept so we basically decided to join forces and um, that's how we created the um, the IGTL board series, basically. Oh, awesome. Yeah, the structure, because yeah. the structure is very thoroughly uh, mapped out, and you can see on your regulations document um, that a lot of thought's been you know, put into the concept, so it's good to see a few people that were like-minded getting together to try to make it a reality. And um, yeah, why don't we just describe a little bit of some of the people that are involved in IGTL uh, at this stage. Uh, we have Joe Moss, which is, would you consider him the founder, right? Yeah, pretty much the founder, and uh, the I'd say kind of the leader of uh, relationships. With external mm-hmm. parties, pretty much. Great, yeah, yeah, he's he's a cool cat. And uh, sorry, sorry, we couldn't have him here today. He may have been busy or something, but I hope to have him on sometime in the future to talk a little bit about his past as well. But um, I'll just have you guys speak for him a little bit today. Yeah, uh, nice. Wicked a guitar too, which I appreciate. Uh, and he's really into mathematics which is why it makes sense that he handles a lot of the results and, and stuff and he does it so quickly <laughs> yeah. too doesn't he yeah it's it's terrifying how quickly the <laughs> sheets updated i'm like well we won't have the results yet so i'll stall a little bit on broadcast oh they're here <laughs> That's how yeah. in and out yeah and then you have uh kenny as well yeah, He's so a, Kenny yeah. helps out with a lot of the stewarding work that we do in the World Series races himself. He's also got insane internet, so he's often the lobby host, and that allows these lobbies to be almost like server quality a lot of the time. Like You won't see a lot of jitter or lag in World Series races, and that is pretty much fully thanks to Kenny's internet being the way it is. Yeah, uh, But yeah, he helps out a lot behind the scenes as well. Obviously, some ways that you m- may not see conducted across in broadcast, but he's a really, really valuable member. You all have looked into GT Sport and how it works. Like You've all kind of, kind of been tapping around in, in, at the uh, structure of what makes GT Sport uh, in, in regards to club racing. You, know, you guys know uh, better than most how like what the shortcomings are of the system and and that i just was interested if you about you mentioning kenny's internet so that does des- that does definitely make a difference in how well a a lobby race is going to go down right if yeah, you know, yeah. it's so a lobby host the right. lobby everyone connects through the lobby host so it's really really important that your lobby host is up to scratch because if the lobby host has any sort of connection issues those connection issues will be mirrored through every single person in the lobby because everyone has to connect through them um and not only that as well a lot of those getting stuck on the grid errors that you tend to see yeah uh, it's if you can't really you can't really get rid of them because a lot of people um like do have connection incompatibilities sometimes you'll just have two people in the lobby where their two connections don't like each other you know maybe you'll get a guy from south america and a guy in europe and those connections just don't want to play and there's not a lot as organizers you can really do to fix that but what you can do is you can make sure the host sets up the best network environment possible so some issues um are solved by that yeah, because when I see the you know the title of the series and and the uh, group is international, you know it says yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. and that's something that in uh, GT five we never had regions, you know, so we we would organize and just anyone that could come, and we would deal with a lot of issues depending on where people were from. So it's a kind, it's a bolder kind of uh, 
target when you're trying to include the the whole world uh, but it's definitely great i mean that's what we all want we don't want to break the chains <laughs> that bind us so to speak i mean it was three regions and then it became five yeah but yeah. um it's, it's segmented this uh new gran turismo community uh differently than it was in gt6 and five as a lot more inclusive i felt like back then but i, I that's why i appreciate um you know ideas such as this one which try to bring people from all over the place together again yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there should be any limits on where you're from. You know, I, I don't think I don't think the regional and country limits are a great idea on the FIA end. I think we should just let everyone around the world have that even opportunity. It doesn't matter where you live; everyone should have that even opportunity. And then, yeah, we you know we see the best drivers in the world duke it out, and that would then theoretically lead to a better product. Um, I know, I know the argument for having limits is that then, you know, everyone has someone from their territory to support. But I think, you know, when you're trying to make a, a, a global esports competition, I think it's important to make sure that everyone has an even chance and not, so, oh, you have a lesser chance because you live in this region versus this guy of getting to the finals. I, I, I like even opportunity for everyone. I think it's really important. So that's what I, you know, decided to push. Because the World Series is built on quite a lot of ideas that I originally originally pushed as feedback for like FIA in general and mm -hmm. then obviously um, I just sort of uh, well maybe I can go at making this myself you know maybe we'll have a we'll have a go at this and see how it goes and it's going pretty well so far so yeah it's great it's becoming a moment in GT Sport um, and I, I applaud you guys for seeing it through and uh, still, I mean, we're still some time away from the start of it we're, the series is actually going to start in July on the twenty. Mm -hmm. Uh, was it 24th? Uh, it is the Thursday of that week. Uh, let me see. 23rd. 23rd, 23rd will be our first yes. GT4 Invitational race. Day following is our first GT3 Championship race on Friday oh, okay, the 24th. That's what I was, yeah. Right. I was thinking yeah. about the, t the first GT3 race yeah, right, on yeah, Friday. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, the GT4 Invitational, of course, is the guys who didn't quite make it through to the GT3 Championship, but we want them to have the opportunity to race. So the gt4 invitational race each round sort of acts as like the day before promo event of the race weekend and then we have the gt3 guys on the day afterwards at the end of the season we'll have the final multi-class event so it's gonna be a good opportunity for the gt4 guys to be on track with the best gt3 guys mm-hmm yeah, it's going to be interesting. I love multi-class racing. Uh, in GT Sport, it was always a, more of a niche kind of, of event online. But yeah. I think it, it would be really interesting to see how... Because I mean, it's more interesting when you see cars that are a little bit closer in performance. I mean, when it's like prototypes versus, you know, Group 4 cars, it's like the passes are yeah. really, really quick. But it's more interesting to make... When two battles are happening on track between two different classes and they get near each other stuff happens yeah and mm -hmm. actually we bop'd uh both classes to kind of make that uh, multi-class race more interesting um uh, we had to uh nerf the gt4 cars a bit because they would uh, literally <laughs> be able to overtake the gt3 in a straight line with slipstream originally wow. yeah, so yeah. that was a bit of a problem so <laughs> yeah we, we've, we've gone back and made changes we've been handling the bop over the last couple of weeks but our variant of gt3 cars are a little bit slower but also a lot lighter than their uh, fia bop variants but our gt4 cars are faster in a straight line because a lot of feedback i receive from people doing group four races is that the cars are a little bit too slow they're a little bit too predictable we've basically stuck a lot of power on those group four cars they can more or less stay with the group three cars on the straights however obviously the downforce and cornering ability mm. of the group three cars will see them to be about five seconds a lap faster wow that is very interesting it's gonna yeah. be uh yeah, some unique circumstances going to pop up in that race for sure. Yeah, that's going to bring a lot of strategy, we think, uh, for the GT3 guys. They may want to change their bit strategy to avoid like a back of uh, Group 4 cars on their way, you mm -hmm. know. But we'll see how that, how that rolls. Yeah, that's great. I mean, everyone is going to be really looking forward and it, i mean everyone's gonna have that final race in their minds like you know whether you 
you're in the maybe in the middle of the championship uh, pecking order or toward the top, you're, you're, you know that you're you can't just kind of settle into the sort of performance that you've been doing before the final race. So yeah, that's a very unique element that that you guys added there. So yeah, kind of feels like the the chase in NASCAR in some way. Oh yeah, yeah, well. true. Because we have a different point ladder for that race as well, so we'll definitely have a lot of weight in the championship. For sure. And then, um, so Alex, in, in regards to IGTL, uh, what would you say your role is in your own words and all that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, basically, we more than roles, we actually have more like uh, our specialties, I'd say. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm like more into um, into graphics, uh, um, stuff like that, like making stickers, making deliveries, uh, checking the the graphic chart, uh, stuff like that. Nice. But we basically, um, all of us, uh, touch uh, pretty much everything. We pretty much all test uh, the mm. BOP. Pretty much all uh, look at the regulations, uh, and basically, um, like Kelly likes to say, we we bounce ideas in between us. So, yeah. like ev- everything uh, someone comes comes up with is challenged by the others, and uh, yeah, um, we we change, we alter stuff. Uh, sometimes we get rid of some. Uh, some ideas uh, that aren't good enough. Um, so yeah, in the end, uh, there's a lot of brainstorming in every, in pretty much every aspect of um, of IGTN, and uh, I think that's uh, how we're able to make this work. Yeah, I think another big part of that as well is the idea of actually shooting each other's ideas down because obviously it's not always something that's pleasant to do but i think it's something that's necessary you know yeah we we bring a bunch of different ideas together and then we shoot a lot of those ideas down and we sort of then end up with the best of if you will of those ideas you know we're actively trying to troubleshoot different problems and before they happen you know and trying to see things we look at each other's ideas and go actually that won't work but this is a better way of doing it and by doing that we've got more of a refined i think end products with you know because a lot of times uh, things rely on outside feedback but we're trying to do, come up with ideas ourselves and then shoot them between each other and then we get a lot of that feedback process done internally before it's something that we put out there in front of people and i think that re- works really well yeah so you have a great incubator going yeah 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 that does work well, and it's it's no uh, it's just something that's rare to find too. So I'm glad you guys have that element going for your group there. Um, one other person we would mention is Pierre Ayub. Ayub, yeah. Ayub. I knew I was gonna say it wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, just to touch on his uh, specialties and skills. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. You see those awesome uh, intro videos that we have before the races oh, yes. start? Yeah, he uh, is responsible for doing all of those. Uh, helps us out with some other bits as well. But yeah, I the can't, overlays, uh, I can't stream overlays to, and stuff like that. I can't put into words how awesome and how much those videos add to the product. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm able oh, to yeah. talk about the combo and you know our tire fuel slipstream values and all of that in front of it all being on the screen and the track being presented in a you know, a really watchable way. I think it's awesome. It's really, really valuable, and it it sort of brings the whole product up to that like next level outside of you know just randomly live streaming a lobby race. It feels it brings it all together, makes it feel a bit more cohesive as a broadcast. Yeah, at this point of the show, I can sense people being very interested in checking out for themselves what the series is all about. So I just want to drop some, uh, you know, just some. promo on where we can go to find the content so obviously twitter's good place to start you can find igt league yep that's their twitter and then from there a lot of the races uh, are split between uh, twitch and youtube yeah so we do them live on twitch and then we do an edited down race only start to finish upload on youtube the day afterwards 
Yeah, and and the Twitch would be your personal Twitch, Lewis? Yeah, so yeah. LZR underscore Lewis on Twitch, and the YouTube is quite simply just Lewis Bentley to find those races. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have also the, the French uh, channels, which are AWOOPS uh, channels. So, yeah, <laughs> French, basically. Uh, French yeah. language commentary. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because Joe Moss is French after all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what else I have written down here? Oh, well, I wanted to ask, uh, cause Lewis, you're essentially, it was kind of your, uh, an idea bouncing around in your head, right? Yeah, more first. or less. Yeah. And yeah. it was, and I noticed it in the, one of the announcements, you said that it was something that came from a sort of whim, uh, kind of throwing out an idea at the beginning of the year to now. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, why do you create the championship in at all? I, I get a lot of enjoyment from it and it's again it's it's a way to sort of validate your own feedback that you've been firing at the FIA GT championships for the last two <laughs> yeah. years and bringing it together and seeing if it really works and uh, that's been fascinating just to see how that plays out you know when, when it's your own idea that's in action seeing how people respond to it you know in comparison to that not not that we're trying to offer up a competition because obviously we, we can't compete with the FIA GTC that's ridiculous but what we can do is give people uh, that alternative if they so want it yeah uh, yeah, basically the, the whole idea uh, behind uh, any IGTL events I'd say uh, making the races we we would like to to race yeah. ourselves, but uh, mm. it it's come to a point where we're making those races, but we actually can't take part into them anymore because uh, we have to be involved in so many things now. Yeah, yeah. Events. when we introduced the fact that we were going to have that £500 prize pool, we sort of then all said to each other, look, we can't as organisers really compete in this anymore, because p- previously in IGTL events, there would be IGTL staff members, of course, taking part. Yeah. Um, but we, we decided that we're going to avoid that whole potential ugly situation of people you know accusing corruption and all this just by we'll leave it at the side we'll not compete <laughs> and then there's no way that you can question the integrity of the championship you're right like nobody in our house or any of the, any of our friends or family also compete <laughs> yeah i mean even uh, without uh, looking at the prize pool of World Series, uh, even in endurance races, um, we're driving less and less in, in them because it takes uh, so much effort to uh, to put them along. So, yeah, yeah um, and especially Kenny has pretty much stopped driving since like uh, 2018, uh, yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely had that happen before. It does feel weird to win your own series sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I couldn't deal with it. I don't yeah. know. I think I'd I only... have to start throwing on purpose halfway through the championship right. yeah. if I thought it was going to happen. It doesn't feel right. You don't get any uh, any sense of joy from it. It just it's weird. It is really weird. I had it happen yeah. one time uh, for a single make uh, Nissan S14 series that I ran. It was race modified. And uh, I clinched it in Nurburgring. It was if if I had walked everyone, it would have been even weirder. But clinching it, I felt good for like two minutes, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I I made this." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but and yeah. then um, so yeah, you mentioned the prize pool, so five hundred euros to pounds. Uh, to five hundred pounds. Oh, so it's pounds. A bit more like what would you say the conversion is right now, Alex? Somewhere around six hundred ish. Ish. Uh, I don't know. It's nah, a bit messy. Uh, Obviously, about currency is changing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I can check it quickly. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's five hundred think... pounds. So whatever that converts to in uh, October when people actually win the prize for <laughs> <laughs> it's variable. Yeah, yeah you got to pick your time. Uh, t- depends how much twenty twenty screwed up the world. By oh that yeah, point, I guess. <laughs> yeah, do your part. <laughs> Act, be an activist and help yeah. <laughs> help make sure the prize pool is still yeah, good. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> 554. That's not too bad. There you go. Ah. Yeah, so um, that's, a, that's a question that is always hitting people in this weird community that we, that we have in GT Sport because there is so 
there's so few uh, opportunities for making money in uh, Gran Turismo. Um, but how do you feel at, at this stage, since you've done the six events, uh, qualifying events, um, have you feel a difference in how people have approached this championship in the community or, or anything like that? Yeah, I believe so. I think we've seen some people that you wouldn't typically see in league races. Uh, every single race we've done in the series has had a full grid completely full grid uh we've had solid participation throughout and we've had some guys who clearly put in a high amount of effort into this uh remember that you can only enter it if you're uh, driver rating a plus mm-hmm. uh which i believe actually looking at the figures is less than three thousand people in gt sport so already we've limited the you know the amount of entries by making it a plus only so we have to make sure that incentive is there uh, for people to actually want to come and do this, you know, uh, because right. if we're not careful, we risk alienate, alienating such a large part of the community that we suddenly we don't have a full grid, you know. So I think it's uh, it acts as a really necessary component, and it's been interesting to see how people have reacted to that. Yeah, I think it was a great move making it A+, because um, yeah. people that are on the bubble can obviously try to break through as well. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that incentive to get out there and race online. But not only that, when we're sat in lobby qualifiers waiting for everyone to enter, um, if we made it A rank, even B rank, we're going to have way more entries than we do now, which is a lot more work for us. But then also, yeah. we, don't, we don't feel like those A rank or B rank drivers would ever be the drivers qualifying for the race. We might get one outlier occasionally where one guy creeps in against all odds, but with the amount of extra work we have to handle with recording everyone's lap times and you know completing leaderboards and all this extra work, we didn't feel like that trade-off of allowing A and B drivers was worth the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, that definitely does. Um, and so you've had a brutal qualifier that only allowed the top two from each race to get through as qualifiers. Yeah. And you, but you allowed also at the same time. That being said, you did allow people for multiple chances. Um, and so the people that didn't make it into GT3 are going to be. You invited them for a separate series that's going to be happening with GT4 machinery. Yeah, we went yep. through uh, the list of every single entry that we've had throughout our six events, and we thought, okay, who's enjoyed racing in this? You know, who's come out on several occasions? Who's set a lot of qualifying lap times? Who's clearly happy to be here? And who would we want representing our GT4 Invitational? Uh, so we just combed through the list of drivers. Uh, we picked the guys who've put on a fantastic display of sportsmanship, uh, you know, participation, and just in general, they're having. You can tell they're having a blast, and uh, we picked those guys out so they're not missing out in the championship phase. And so now we've got 12 drivers in the GT3 championship, 12 drivers in uh, the GT4 Invitational, which is 24 drivers in total, which are going to get to enjoy our championship phase here. Yeah, yeah, some favorites of mine for sure. I mean, I was glad to see some American drivers in gt4 i mean cooper is obviously super dedicated and he's yeah, great yeah, absolutely league racer and uh john as well he's super knowledgeable and very all he's all about trying i feel like he he's like-minded with you whereas he he knows gt could be better and he wants to help in any way that he can so that's great to see yeah absolutely um, the only thing is um i have a complaint because we need diversity in your gt3 series because there are nothing but europeans in there <laughs> yeah we, we were we were actually pulling for cooper at the end because we liked the idea of having as many people represented as possible but while we like the idea of course of having a wide variety of countries and regions we're also not going to force it and if someone oh, yeah. is faster, they're <laughs> totally. faster yeah so but obviously you know we make sure to get cooper and john in there um into, into the gt4 invitational because they showed up they did a great job and uh we're happy to have them they were enjoying the races so let's hope they put in a great show in the gt4 invitational for sure and uh it's cool seeing danny in there from malaysia as well yeah he's, yeah. Uh, he's uh, very active on twitter in the community always talking to everyone being very positive so it's cool to see him there yeah he entered, yeah. Uh, entered every single qualifier so at that point and he did he managed to get into two of the races as well so while we don't obviously given his past performance we don't expect him to be near the front but it's those kind of guys that drive the community even though they're not the fastest drivers in the world you know but these guys are really important yeah i mean danny's kind of a guy that 
came out of nowhere for us. Like, yeah. uh, we personally, I didn't really heard about him uh, before the World Series, and it was a pleasant surprise to have uh, that guy come here and uh, just do clean races and enjoy mm-hmm. himself and uh, have a couple of decent results, if I remember yeah, yeah. well. Very much surprised as yeah. like he got a great uh, mid pack finish in the fifth one, uh, starting nice. from last in the grid and ended up like sixth or seventh, I believe it was. But yeah, he's he's a great positive member of the community. We're happy to have him on board. And again, it's just more representation from around the globe, so it's win win in all situations. Definitely. And um, I know it's early, but is there plans that you guys kind of have the inevitable? Are you well? Because this is something when you're organizing an event like this, you're thinking well. Maybe it's too late to add this to this one, but maybe in the next ver- iteration we may do this. Are you, so are you thinking about a sequel, so to speak? We're, we're taking notes and we're seeing things that work really well, things that maybe didn't work so well, but we're not getting any future fl- plans for the time being because obviously we're a bit of a crossroad of games with GT7 just getting announced, uh, the PS5 around the corner. Uh, w- if we're going to run another one of these series, is it'd have to be next year, but we're not sure if obviously everyone's still going to be playing on their PS4, playing on GT Sport at that point. So we're paying close, uh, close attention to that, and we're going to see how things play out. Yeah, I mean, based off of the announcements, um, for, you know, at this point, everyone's seen the Sony uh, conference, or the mm-hmm. presentation, and they didn't really give any sort of ideas to when... GT7 will be coming out, so we may run into the case where uh, we could be playing GT Sport for another, you know, couple years. Yeah, we just don't know. Yeah, there's no indication right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's sort of planned to, as you as you imagine, it's sort of difficult to plan ahead in that situation because mm-hmm. we, you know, at any given point. We might have a bunch of guys leave for other games. Uh, we've even got other titles in the genre coming up. Obviously, ACC releases next week. Wow. Well, I've not been particularly positive on the console part of that, but I do re- uh, recognize that it will be some guys' cup of tea and we'll probably lose some members of the GT Sport community to that game. We've got Project Cars 3 later in the summer, which, again, not well, might not be my thing. It's other people's thing. So we're going to have to pay attention to how the sort of console sim racing landscape plays out over the next few months yeah and it's just also going to be uh, what the important uh next step is whether i you know fia is going to be continuing in the next one but not only that but we don't know if there's going to be a more you know official uh racing happening next year since mm. this year was kind of pushed aside yeah and um there's no, there's no confirmed FIA series for 2021. Um, I know I heard uh, at the live events that it was originally a three-year deal when it was first signed back in 2018. So yeah, until yeah, we yeah. hear otherwise, as far as we know, it's the end. So obviously, I'm not convinced it's the end at all. I think it will continue forward in some form, whether that's FIA branded or not remains to be seen. It's all speculation at this point, but it's something we've got to pay attention to. And just again see how things play out before we really plan something right and they say that because if they do confirm some sort of official championship happening next year whether it's uh, fia or not um that will you know keep people playing gt sport for at least Mm -hmm. a year um and people will still be definitely lost to other titles and stuff but not it won't be as a quite a, a ghost town as if there were no official racing anymore yeah absolutely um so, uh, so how did you two uh, kind of meet uh, you guys have just been on igt all together for the past few was it a year or how long has it been now i originally jumped on their discord server for endurance races back uh, what was it early january of last year i believe it's about a year and a half uh, mm-hmm. And then I just competed in their events as a competitor for a year. It was only earlier this year, uh, around February, March time, where I joined you know, the organizing team with the World Series. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. Obviously, I've known them for a long time now. I'm, I'm more of a recent face in the GT community. I've only been around since GT Sport. I'm not one of those old GT5 or GT6 <laughs> vets, mm-hmm. but... Uh, 
uh, yeah, no, I think I feel feel like I've been around long enough at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. GC Sports a whole new paradigm, um, and it's never been like this before. So it's, there's it's more than yeah. You're more than welcome, and we need all the different types of drivers and uh, community members that we can get. So it's cool if, to see you pushing this forward and and kind of making your you know. Your, your impact on this community as a whole and seeing what we can do with, with these club races when they really when the organizers try really hard to, to make them as legit as possible so yeah and Alex yeah. Uh, so you've been with IGTL from the start yeah yeah pretty much yeah and um, and then you uh, well you and I met on that um um, Miata that was really fun and you have a Miata in real life which yeah. I highly appreciate <laughs> <laughs> bursting through the Swiss Alps in your in your Mazda yep perfect place to drive <laughs> on pretty much yeah, it really is it sounds like a dream <laughs> I would love to do that sometime <laughs> it doesn't and, sound uh, like sorry. a bad life to be honest yeah <laughs> no it really doesn't <laughs> Um, and so, well, this is kind of going bouncing back and forth, but I wanted to ask what the biggest challenge from, uh, starting with Alex, uh, in terms of general organizing for a championship, uh, what are the, what is the biggest challenge, uh, in your opinion? Um, well, it depends on what you're trying to do because, I've been organizing uh, a series and championships since GT5, pretty much. But back then, I was organizing uh, more for a broader variety of um, driving skills. So, like, you would have, like, the equivalent of uh, D drivers mixed with uh, A-plus drivers. And, uh, yeah, you had to find a way to make uh, the thing enjoyable for everyone. So, I remember... Uh, basically engineering uh, a ballast system uh, just to fuck myself up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some series, yeah. But uh, now we're kind of um, in a more professional uh, kind of thing with um, with a more homogeneous um, um, driver field. So uh, it's it's a bit different because then you really need to have everything uh, perfect like the balance of performance uh, you need to to make um, basically yeah the thing is you need to tailor your event to your audience I think that's the biggest challenge actually understanding who will be racing and uh, what they want and what you can achieve with, uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the field of drivers you have I mean, we we did um, we did an event for Renault recently uh, yeah. a few months ago, and yeah, it was very different to the um, uh, classic IGTL races we yeah. we did because um, yeah, we had like pro drivers, but we also have people who literally uh, uh, got their PS4 shit. Uh, the day before the race, <laughs> right? So uh, you gotta you gotta make something that will uh, that will please everyone, despite uh, them uh, having various um, various um, how do, how do I say it? Um, basically, everyone everyone is looking for something different. And so you have to to craft an experience that will meet um, all all of their expectations, basically. And uh, yeah, when uh, when uh, pretty much all the staff is uh, composed of good drivers, uh, you really have to um, to put to put yourself um, aside. And uh, see it from a uh, from an, another perspective to have a to have a, an event that pleases everyone. Because yeah. yeah, like I said, we do races that we would enjoy, 
but right. you gotta make some compromises still. Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, when yeah. you're uh, when you're the, being contracted yeah. by Renault, <laughs> it's yeah. a, a mean, different story. We can't make what we want to do mm, anymore. Yeah. It's more of you know, this has got to be beginner friendly. This has also got to come across well to people who have never watched uh, a GT Sport race before. So we have to make sure that we're keeping, you know, the amount of variables low and stuff to keep track of. And so it was those two races that we did for Renault completely different to anything we'd ever host. You know, there was no tire wear, there was no uh, no fuel, no complexity like at all. It was more or less a straight sprint race to the finish on two very simple combos. You know, we had the Group Four Renault on Red Bull Ring and the Group Three RSO One on Spa, and they were so simple. Um, such simple races and that's so different to what we were used to doing and we kept had to sort of resist from adding more complexity to it (laughs) because it (laughs) wouldn't be good for the newcomers it's like oh yeah maybe we should have a bit of fuel no wait no that's a terrible idea (laughs) because they don't know that fuel changes braking distance and the feel of the car you know (laughs) and stuff like that so and i mean even in world series we kind of have that because we all have different tastes like uh like you really don't like road cars. I love them, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not into Group One cars. And you like them, or Thomas like them, uh, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, uh, sometimes yeah. you have to just do something you wouldn't really do yourself. But um, yeah, and then when yeah, you do that, sometimes you're surprised yeah. and you find that it's actually wow. I do like this a lot. Maybe I, and I wouldn't have given it the shot had I. You know, had it been yeah. up to me and yeah. only that uh, no ABS Stratos race was pretty neat. Uh, a yeah. lot of people weren't a fan. A lot of people. Weren't <laughs> fan, it, it created a really interesting race dynamic, which was more entertaining to watch just because we didn't know what was going to go down in that race. Yeah, and yeah, there was the special event too as well, which was pretty much the opposite of that. Uh, that that was before they fucked it up with the with the update. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that was a shame. Um, but yeah, before the update, it was a really fun combo to drive because we had uh, the staggered uh, tires setup, like the yeah. the mediums yeah, on the front and the hards on the rear. Front, yeah, and hard's rear. It really turned the turned that R18. That that's the kind of cars I found boring, but. Uh, Having that staggered tire setup really made it interesting, even for me. That's cool. Ooh, it's like a workaround like it, to, yeah. to the physics feeling and little known. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, then the update uh, ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. the day before, it was really unfortunate. Uh, just to fill in sort of a bit of context there, uh, an update hit the day before that race, um, which essentially halved the power of real slipstream uh, but the dirty air didn't change very much so we had that group one car uh, now suddenly has all this dirty air but no slipstream to help overcome that so the race was basically a train all the way through and we didn't plan a pit stop into it because originally like the racing was fine it didn't need that but when you're one day before an event it's also too late to change anything you know because people have put time and effort into practicing this and you have to respect people's time so that event was kind of a dud but i mean the two drivers that qualified through the gt3 championship through that race were still very very quick very deserving uh it just wasn't quite obviously as uh entertaining as we envisioned after that update right and you got thrown the curveball, you know, the first big curveball from from Polyphony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Came at the perfect time. Um, and, oh, I was, oh, yeah, the Renault thing. So I was going to ask you, so you had Ocon and um, Sainz racing, right? They were both team leaders, were they not? Uh, no, so we had, we had Esteban Ocon, and then it was basically a bunch of different internet personalities. Uh, we had members of the team vitality esports team which were oh, not yeah, gt vitality. sport players yeah they they had picked up the game the day before had never seen a gran turismo in their life <laughs> so <laughs> that was yeah that was challenging for us because obviously as experienced <laughs> players who've been in the game for a couple of years you have to sort of usher in these new players and then make the 
experience as newcomer friendly as possible but still make sure it's fun for them we we, we even had uh, written guides for them on how to download the liveries for the events you know how to find it through the discover system ah. all these different guides that we wrote up just to make sure that those guys had a good time and obviously we could still keep the event feeling and looking professional because the, the liveries that were on those Renault cars had to be approved by Renault themselves um, you know, yeah. so we couldn't, we couldn't use stock liveries or anything like that it all had to be perfect because it was very much an official thing that did go on the Renault Sport YouTube channel and yeah made its way in front of about I think it was about 100,000 or so subscribers so it was, it was the biggest thing we've ever done um, uh, yeah that's it great. was a really fun challenge yeah because I mean at the time I mean we're still somewhat in this time but uh, there were a ton of different sim racing events going on and mm-hmm. a lot of the focus was on iRacing um, you know there was some um, R Factor racing that was going on that was uh, arguably the most competitive but um, it was good <clears throat> to see Gran Turismo get a slice of that and it was great for you guys to be a part of it and uh, it was in good hands yeah so. One thing that was really interesting about that event as well is that it was um, tied to an eSport team that's not into sim racing. Well, mm-hmm. now they, they're a bit into it because they have like um, Nicolas Longuet who's driving uh, in the F1 eSport series, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, right. yeah, otherwise, they're mostly like uh, Fortnite, uh, Valorant, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's and, a big, big esports team, but yeah, it, and it ain't a uh, sim racing team by any stretch of the imagination. So, right. you yeah, know, we've got these guys that you're calling on broadcast, you're calling them esports players, but obviously, we had to make it very clear that these aren't racing esports players. A lot of them have never played sim racing in their lives, and we had to make it explicitly clear that. They've literally been playing this game since yesterday, and we're we're throwing them onto the same grid as Esteban Ocon, who's obviously very quick, very experienced. Had been racing with the Veloce guys, you know, Susu and Storm, Yora, the day before. You know, some of the very, very quick guys, and keeping up with them. So uh, that dynamic of throwing those two sorts of drivers onto the same track had very interesting results, but it yeah. was a lot of fun. But what was interesting about uh, that team being involved is they streamed the event on their own uh, Twitch channel. And mm-hmm. their audience is uh, literally uh, completely new to uh, to any form of racing. Even real-life mm-hmm. racing, I think most of these guys uh, weren't used to watch uh, any form of racing. And um, I was quite surprised because I was moni- monitoring that stream uh, in the chat. And uh, uh, these guys seem to to really like it. it they really appreciated the show. So uh, yeah. I think it's um, it shows there's uh, there's a great of opportunity for sim racing to grow outside of the whole motorsport world uh, scope. And um, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, that's a real shame. Other events are aren't trying to cater to these um, new opportunities uh, you could have with um, with the esports community in general, not just uh, the sim racing or the motorsport community. Because I really yeah. think uh, uh, by making good events, you could really uh, make uh, people from outside the motorsport community get involved into that. Yeah, I agree. I think it just—it's a matter of putting the game or the events in front of people's faces, and yeah, exactly. they just don't seek it out. Yeah, I—I was—I was fully expecting the that chat to be a complete mess, <laughs> right? <laughs> but actually, <laughs> the the chat that was a complete mess was the English stream uh, on the the Renault Sport YouTube channel because uh-huh. uh, for some reason uh, all the French guys somehow ended up here. Although it yeah, was yeah, an English, yeah. it an basically English became stream. a French chat. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was really weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, the non-racing community was really nice. You know, they they were. They were really well behaved and very interested in the actual event. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a good. Um, that would be a good thing to tell people that are into GT Sport already. 
um, that they should just kind of try to talk about their racing more and uh, just expose it to more of their friends. Because for a while, I remember in GT5 and 6, I, I never really talked to anybody. Um, like, I would mention it here and there to, like, you know, friends of mine in, in real life, casual or whatever. And they wouldn't you know bite onto it too. it was kind of too hard to describe but now that time is gone and, and esports has kind of matured as a concept um you can because right now a lot of people th- think esports is one sort of thing like maybe shooting game or whatever but if you tell them no there's like these awesome racers that are super dedicated and putting up amazing fun entertaining races to to watch you should check it out i think uh it's worth revisiting and, and kind of trying to tell more people around you about it yeah but the thing is, sim racing is pretty much behind uh, in terms of esports because it's trying too much to be a motor sport and not enough to be an esport, basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like Rocket League, but uh, it could definitely spice it up. Yeah. And, um, well, there was the. Uh, an interesting oh yeah well i wanted to describe discuss some of the gripes some of the gripes that you guys may have with um gt sports i'm sure there's a lot to pick from but in terms of organizing uh a club event um what are some of the shortcomings that you that you find the most kind of head scratching and the things that you're really just most frustrated with uh starting with lewis um there's quite a few things, obviously. I think at, at its core, uh, the fact that we have a lot of lobby features that are locked away from us, um, w- which I've seen in action, because uh, I, at the, a couple of the live events, I'm able to get onto those rigs after the show's over and really go through some of the game settings. Uh, obviously, they're running a different build of the game at the live events. You go to open a lobby on those systems and there are twice the settings and some of those settings there's zero reason why we shouldn't have them stuff like um rolling start distance uh tire temperature settings um allowing or disallowing uh you you know with tire requirement uh there's also enabling the pit line obviously the pit uh not the pit line the penalty line that's in fia races they have that as an on off switch to enable um there are so many things that they have access to in creating a lobby, which for some reason is not on the client version of the game. Um, and then obviously there's also all the spectator camera angles, uh, additional features that they seem to have and not put in the game as well. And uh, the reasoning that I've heard for, from for this is that they want their product to look like it's above community products, like they don't want... They don't want viewers getting confused looking at community products like it's the real, you know, FIA GTC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is an absolutely baffling stance on the issue. Um, I think gr- growth for Gran Turismo is good for everyone. And I think but by giving the community better tools, you create more growth for yourself because you, you know, not everyone likes the FIA GTC. So by increasing the quality and the value of a of an alternative within GT Sport, you're still ultimately drawing more people to GT Sport, and I, I think growth for everyone works here. So, right. this this decision that they've done at a design level to give us uh, more casual variants, I'll say that of lobbies, is a dis- decision that I really, really disagree with. And Strange. Yeah. if their if their aim is truly to uh, make sure that the official events are set apart from any others, then you would think that they would want to allow even more variables for players to choose from because then that would set them... Because then you'd more obviously be able to see that a club event was happening because you you notice, like, oh, this isn't happening. I never see this in the live events, but they're mm-hmm. doing it over here. So, um, yeah, it seems counterproductive. There's, there's even is, more settings that I've not mentioned that they have yeah. access to. You know the grid rundown you see at the start of FIAs? That's literally a lobby setting that we don't have. Uh, so many, so many things... Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've I've never really gotten a straight answer as to why. I've just heard of answers from other people as to who who have literally asked. And yeah, it's, it just seems like they want their product to be separated, and this is something that's intended. 
Um, and it's just I can see I can see their perspective. I get it. Like you want your product to look official, uh, so it it needs to look like it's above community products. If you think that you know your product being above and beyond is beneficial to you, but people who don't share that opinion, like me, where I think any focus on Gran Turismo is gr- is good, and it doesn't matter whether it's the FIA GTC or someone enjoying lobby races. Uh, obviously, I completely disagree with that stance, but I, I can see why they do it. I really wish they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, it, def- it definitely is counterproductive. They would have more people if if more people had an ability to play the game that the way that they wanted to, especially with a community or a club. Mm-hmm. There would be a lot more engagement, and it wouldn't detract from the official events at all because it would just be the thing. You know, it would just be the the pinnacle of what they love to play. Um, yeah. Rather than some, yeah. Uh, that's definitely strange. Fun Hopefully. fact: uh, those lobbies are twenty-four man as well. When you go on to yeah, um, that's the thing. Yeah, you, yeah. You gonna... you go on the slider. You know the slider we have right now to limit a max number of players, and you can go two to sixteen. You click that on their version, and it's two to twenty-four. So it's again, it's one of those things where that one may be more of a technical reason, but to see it there in the game working, obviously at these live events and then go home and then not have access to that is really frustrating. When you have an esports game uh, and you try to grow it as an esports, you should really have uh, a product that actually looks like your public release. Um, And I think the fact that uh, GT Sport looks different in the live events than it does uh, when you're actually playing the game is a bit of a problem because when you see the successful uh, esports titles such as um, StarCraft or Overwatch or Fortnite stuff like that um, pretty much all the tools they're using uh, for their official events are available to um, uh, the average player pretty much so as an average player player you will feel more involved into that when you see when you see the actual events and i think gt sports should try to go more towards that yeah i agree um and the this lack of cars in public lobby events is definitely something that doesn't need to be the way that it is um like lewis had touched on there's you can go up to 24 cars in those local versions of the lobby so i think the community would really appreciate that and uh i think it's definitely doable as well yeah i mean the issue is we don't really have the the same uh, networking architecture between uh, even fias and uh, and nobbies pretty much because fias have uh, have actual servers, but lobbies are pretty much peer to peer, and so obviously you have uh, additional limitations coming up from that. But yeah, um, I think uh, with GT7 coming, um, uh, they will definitely have to uh, to improve on that. Yeah, and then from. Yeah, that's a great point to jump off of because GT7 is going to come and there are definitely things that everyone has in mind when it comes to what the priority and improvements should be in their opinion. So uh, what are you kind of looking forward to uh, most being addressed yourself there, Alex? Um, Well, as I said already, I have uh, more cars on track every mode, online, offline. I think it's really primordial. I don't think you really need to have like 60 or 80 like they done for some ACC events on PC. I think that's too much, but like in 25 to 30 would be already really nice and allow people to to do really interesting things. Would uh, would improve a lot the multi-class events as well because right now um, on uh, on GT Sport you know we have uh, 16 slots lobbies but then if you want to broadcast your event if you want to have um, live stewards uh, you're taking a few slots of that so realistically you ha- you will have uh, like 
12 cars on track so um, if you if you pick um, a medium to a long track um, yeah it would feel really really empty and so yeah if you want to do multi-class racing in gts you pretty much have to stick to really short tracks yeah true for the action uh, really yeah get going then i think uh, apart from that most of the improvements they can make more than improving the the game itself would be to improve the way they manage it because i think the the Gran Turismo core they have right now has a lot of potential, but they they keep a lot of that locked away from the players, as they was mentioned earlier. So um, that's really what they need to do. Uh, they just need to unlock the potential of the of the game and just make a game that works, basically. <laughs> Right. Basically, just having a Gran Turismo that works properly in most circumstances would be would be great. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be a positive outcome for sure. And uh, I think GT Sport, or sorry, GT Seven could benefit from a long kind of beta period as well. Um, we had a beta for GT Sport. It lasted, I believe, it was like three months. I forget. Um, I think there they were actually two beta periods. There was a closed beta on invitations and then um, a more open beta. I didn't play any of them because I didn't have a PS4 at that moment. But uh, Yeah, I was a part of that closed beta. Or closed in... I mean, I think I'm pretty sure it was part of the very first beta. And... Um, they had a message board that they sent a link out to for people to go on to and I was I was blown away because it was the first sort of any it was the first form of openness from polyphony that I've seen as far yeah. as at least when it comes to western uh, community goes because they had an English forum and yeah. they allowed people to put in their opinions so polyphony and communication is a long story yeah, it really is. But I guess, yeah, I, I guess the, Lewis uh, will have more intel about that than me. Yeah, you, are you there, Lewis? Yeah, it's a deep rabbit hole. It's a very yeah. deep rabbit hole. Because I've had, uh, let's just say, we'll leave it here, but I've had conversations at length with PD employees about the game, and they don't really go too far. Let's just say that they have their own particular vision, and they're not really interested in any sort of compromises to that vision. <laughs> I think right. that's what I'll say. So I, I think a lot of this stuff, and a lot of the impressions that you get on communication from PD online is sort of how they operate as well, you know. They sort of have their way, and that's the way they're going to go about doing it, and in terms of outside influence, they're not too interested. They 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 have their path and they're going to walk it, you know. Yeah. So it was interesting for you to kind of, um, and being a newer uh, player as well to this to the whole competitive online world of GT, um, it's as limited as your experience has been. You got the same impression as we all have had for so long, and running up into it or running into it being an actual truth in your discussions with the developers must have been mm -hmm. kind of interesting. So, yeah, I mean, that's something that everyone's always kind of had a gripe with in general, just lack of communication uh, staying. I mean, in, in some ways it benefits their development style, uh, but in a lot of other ways, and especially regarding the online side of things, if they're not a more open to uh, allowing this sort of input then it's going to be they're just going to be doing you know like turning their wheels in the in the mud so to speak yeah. um, so it could benefit them a lot if they were to just uh yeah take in more of what we have to say because we are the players out here doing it all the time right yeah the uh the main discussion i had was i've i've pushed the idea of you know, not having country or regional locks at all in the competition, and I've I've had that discussion at length. That was at the end of the Salzburg 2019 World Tour. I had I had a long discussion with one of the developers, and uh, he he more or less stonewalled the idea. He was saying that um, it, it's designed in a way that it is to create a global competition because they they want to force. 
uh, you know, guys from Oceania and guys from South America into the competition. But obviously, I, I've said earlier earlier on in this podcast, I'm much more of a fan of giving everyone equal treatment. I, I, I'm not interested in where you live. I'm interested in, you know, the racing. I, I would just want to see the best players in the world race. I don't think we should be treating people differently around the world just because they live in different countries. I think it's rather silly but I, I've, I've put that point out there and spoke to them in person and i'll tell you that they don't want to hear it so <laughs> that's that's the way that is unfortunately yeah and i can see their intentions but i can also see the frustrations that come about from yeah. it yeah i mean the worst thing is still probably amsterdam <laughs> Oh Amsterdam? yeah, that was that was interesting. They they invited ten oh, yeah. European drivers to Amsterdam early last year. There were some things that they re- got raised as points, uh, such as having a rally race in World Tours, and this was all obviously like directly opposed by a lot of the drivers that they invited out for feedback. They were they were invited for the sole purpose of feedback, and uh, yeah, stuff like the rally racing stuff like the tuning and there's some other things that were brought up like BOP methods and it seems that a lot of the guys who were at that Amsterdam summit have come away from it since saying that PD haven't acted on any of their feedback whatsoever that was given at that event so it's just I think it just comes down to the nature of the studio to be honest it's it's the way that PD operates um you can't sway them and that's that's sort of what we're going to have to live with as players of Gran Turismo I think to a certain extent uh, there's a lot that I don't agree with but I'm more or less at the point uh, now that I realise I'm not going to sway their product which is sort of you know where the inception of the World Series came from in that their product's not getting swayed so let's apply my own feedback and my own methods to my own product and now you know we're, we're out here as an alternative and again it should be repeated the fact that we're not trying to directly oppose PD with the FIA GTC but I want to offer like-minded players a race series that I would want to race in, you know? And that's sort of the whole idea behind that. Yeah, and I think uh, you succeeded, even though the racing haven't, hasn't even begun yet, but uh, you've succeeded in growing the community, and AGTL has succeeded in, in contributing um, so much in the structure and the, the skill and the talent that surrounds the organization. So... I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that people that are listening to this podcast are as well. Um, as I had mentioned before, IGTL is on Twitter. It's uh, IGT League. Check them out on there. Definitely give a follow to Alex and Lewis for being so kind to donate their time for this podcast and for us to get the chance to know them a little better. Um, was there any last sort of takeaways that you'd like to put out there, um, Alex or Lewis? Um, yeah, just thanks for having us on. It's always great to talk about this sort of thing. I'm always happy to talk about this sort of thing. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. I had a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's uh, great to be able to to discuss about um, about our history and uh, and potentially our future as well. Uh, and um, overall, just making uh, making. Uh, uh, our community events uh, be known uh, to to new people potentially. So s- thanks for uh, allowing us to do that. Yeah, they most certainly are, and uh, you're very welcome. And let's do this again uh, once maybe we're uh, around racing time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds no good. Worries. Yeah. Cool. For also, all my best to you and yours, everyone out there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again later.